Welcome back to Ryan Reviews the Universe, bringing you the best takes for the best times for you, the best people. The red, white, and blue are through. Christian Pulisic trades two balls in the groin for one in the net. Was it worth it? In a shocking upset, the Socceroos dash Danish dreams, proving FIFA rankings are just as much of a joke as their organization is. And an awakened Argentina acts as Poland only for them to hang on through goal differential. Lastly, we'll talk cop movies and a bizarro land departed, and that's what you missed on Glee. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan Mason Cup, and making his debut is our soccer correspondent, Jacob. What's up, bud? What's up, Ryan? I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really happy to have you, bud. I feel like pretty much everyone I have on is a soccer correspondent. I'm really worried that this is going to just turn into a soccer pod, but I mean, it's it's the best it's the best sport in the world. What, what can I say? Yeah, I mean, you only get the World Cup every four years. You got to go all in. Absolutely. Watch all the games. Absolutely. All right, so favorite moment of this World Cup so far? Go. Man, favorite moment? That's a that's a tough one. The, definitely the Pulisic goal was the most hype for me. A favorite moment? A lot of the upsets, man. I think the Japan-Germany game was probably my favorite. I think that, that was just something I, I saw a lot of hope in Japan pre-tournament, and then they came in and they, man, their game plan that they had to in the second half was probably the most beautiful thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and there were a bunch of upsets too. Personally, I think I really liked Richarlson's second goal. I thought that was excellent. You get a nice cross in by Vinny Jr., who, by the way, just looks better by the minute. And then the first touch into what almost amounts to like a half bicycle kick is just, oh my gosh, just chef's kiss. Mwah. Game of the tournament, though, I, I think I really liked Cameroon-Serbia. I think it was a 3-3 draw. If yeah. Bad defense, but for for a neutral, loved it. Yeah, I think you're a better man than me. I didn't wake up early enough. I think it was like 5 a.m. I didn't wake up early enough to catch it. You oh, know? A... <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it live. I, I watched it on, uh, I think I pulled it up on Peacock while I was just like getting some breakfast that, that morning in between the other games. I got you. Yeah, I mean, there's always games going on. So I, don't, I don't even think I had time to rewatch it, but what a thriller. So, um, let's just run through the uh, round of 16 matchups. We've got USA-Netherlands tomorrow at 10 in the morning. I I think this episode will debut maybe one hour before then. But if I was a betting man, I would favor the Netherlands. But this is a winnable game for the States. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we're both pro-Netherlands guys, so this is a tough one for us. I I think the States... I saw a lot of posting on Twitter that, you know, people who don't follow the U.S., like the U.S. fans, are saying we actually look much better than we think we do. And I think everyone looking at the Netherlands from the outside thinks the Netherlands are pretty poor right now. So I think it's a winnable game for the U.S. I think if they play in the fr- like they did in the first half against Wales and for most of the game against England, you know, I think they could catch the Netherlands out because they have looked shaky. Yeah, that's fair. Cody Gappo with three goals in three games. What a player. It's predicted that he'll stay at PSV Eindhoven until the summer, but where do you think he's going to go afterwards? Man, I th- I think United. What do you th- I think I think him and Frankie are going to go to United. What oh, do you I think? hope not. But I mean, if they've still got a certain Dutch coach, then it's going to be more and more likely, I feel. Absolutely unreal. I don't want to be rooting for them. Uh, yeah. No, I don't I don't either, but It'll make my, my dad and my brother are both Man U fans, so they'll be very, very happy if he ends up going over there. 
Under our current tactics, as in states, I, I guess we're, again, yeah, you're totally right. We're both orange and uh, red, white, and blue guys. But under our current tactics, stateside, it seems we do like a high press with a lot of crosses by McKenney and Dest. Problem is, like, the s- squad just looks gassed by the 60th minute. Uh, are we going to change that tactic for the, the Dutch or no? Honestly, I think that, you know, like those rotations on the outside, Anthony Robinson looks amazing. Dest has looked sick for, for granted those 60 minutes that Dest has been playing. But I think the weakest point of that Dutch team is the outside. I think Dumfries has looked really bad. What do you think about his performance so far? I think it could definitely use some work. I'm not super high on Urian Timber either right now. Yeah. I'm I'm just very, very interested on how this matchups. I could think it could go either way, but I'm tempted to pick Netherlands. Burhalter's substitutions. Moore and oh my gosh, who else do I want to complain about? Haji Wright. What, 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 what do you think he's thinking? What, or what is he thinking, rather? I don't know, man. I think he's I think Haji looks like a guy you could bring in to cause some chaos, but Man, when he went in late in the game against Iran, he just kind of stood there. It looked like he was playing the entire game. I mean, all you want out of your subs is just, con- you know, some pressure. You know, relieve the guys who have been playing the whole game. And he was just standing around. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think you can play him again as a sub after that. Put in Jordan Morris. When you talk about creating chaos for the game, ideally it would be for the other team and not your own squad. So... That is something. Before we move on to Senegal versus England, who, who's your pick between the two? Uh, I think uh, I'm going with the Netherlands. I think Gakpo. I think Gakpo can pull out a goal. I think I, he I, can pull out a goal. I think the Dutch could be solid enough because USA hasn't been too convincing going forward. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, I could see this going either way. So I'm going Dutch. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree. Okay, yeah. Now on to Senegal versus England. Uh, can we expect their momentum to continue, or is it going to come home twice in one year? Honestly, man, I I think England looked pretty good. I think the one game they had against the U.S. was kind of a, a dud, I think. I think they played pretty poorly, but, man, Jude Bellingham just looks incredible this tournament. I think he could probably take over a few of these games if he needs to. Yeah. I mean... No, absolutely. What a player. It's If we're talking about other moves that I'm going to feel bad about, the current rumor is that he's going to go to Manchester City, and that's another... I, I don't want to see him in a City kit. I'm sorry. I think it'd be another great midfielder going over there. I mean, they just got Calvin Phillips, and he yep. he's uh, on the England squad, and he hasn't played at all for them. So no, they not. just got incredible depth. I mean, it's it's dumb at this point. Um, really quick, I got to give a shout out to my guy Ismail Asar, representing Watford in the World Cup. Though I have to admit it, it would be nice if he could score penalties as well for us, as well as he does for Senegal. Um, he's absolutely dross with them when he plays in the championship. Oh my gosh! But Senegal, good squad. I, I do agree. I think England are just too class. Speaking of class. Marcus Rashford with three goals, finally finding his form in England. I'm expecting a knighthood any day now. For our listeners who play Fantasy EPL, is he a decent pickup right now with Ronaldo leaving and then his current play? You know, I probably think so. 
I think either him or Martial is going to have to step in to that United squad as a striker unless they go ahead and get someone in January. But, you know, I think if Rashford stays healthy, I think he can do a lot of damage for them. He he did have some good spells early on in the season. There were a couple of good games. I think the Arsenal game where they shocked them 3-1, I think he had a goal or two in that one. So he, he looks good on the counter for them. I think he could be a good striker. They could probably upgrade from him knowing Manchester United in January if they really want to. Yeah. So both of us pick England. Um, let's move on to Argentina versus Australia. After an initial scare against Saudi Arabia, Argentina has picked up two two zero wins. I can't see Australia being a problem for them, but they've not looked like the Argentina during World Cup qualifying. That's been kind of scary. No, they haven't, but I I would say I've heard a lot of people saying that they're growing into the tournament, and I'd have to agree. I think they look a lot more comfortable in the latest game than they did against Saudi Arabia. Absolutely. Which is uh, definitely a good thing, especially with Enzo Fernandez now in the squad. I think they look a lot better. They can't say I know too much about him. You want to give me a little bit of background? Yeah, he's the latest uh, FIFA wonder kid going up. All the rumors are going up. He's playing at Benfica right now. He came from Argentina, and Benfica just came out after he scored that wonder goal the other day. Benfica are saying, if you want him in January, you're going to have to pay his release clause. I think it's like $120 million. So wow. he's going to be a hot topic come the summer. Gotcha. And we'll definitely ask you about him then. Australia snagged second in the group when they were picked by ignorant pundits like uh, myself to wallow in fourth. It's very surprising and just a miracle in and of itself that they've made it out of the group stage. Only one of their players plays in a top five European league. Any guesses on who it is? It's can't be Aaron Moy anymore, right? No, it's not. He was He's the not. only one I was uh, familiar with. So it's got to be... Uh... Is Ryan still with is still with Brighton? Nope. He doesn't play for Brighton. Oh, man. I don't know. He plays in the Italian league for Verona. Hopefully, I am not butchering this name. is Ajin Hrustic, H-R-U-S-T-I-C. He is a 26-year-old midfielder, and he plays in Syria. Uh, I did not know of this gentleman until now, but it's... I will say half their squad plays in the Scottish leagues. Like you've got a bunch of people at Hearts, you've got a bunch of people at St. Mirren, you've got a bunch of people at Celtic, or Celtic rather, and then a couple guys from uh, Dundee United. Very, very eclectic squad. Yeah, I'll pick I'll pick Argentina. I would love it if the Socceroos made something happen, but I don't think it will. France yeah. versus Poland. Uh, Poland sneak into the round 16 thanks to a late goal by Saudi Arabia against Mexico. Do they have a chance against France? Man, they looked hopeless against Argentina. I don't think they have a chance. If if Poland and Australia played, I would be tempted to pick Australia. That's how dross this Poland squad is. I agree. I think they had, what, two goals on the group stage? Something like that. And the weird thing is... It's essentially Szczesny, Lewandowski, and then nine other guys just on the field. Szczesny's had maybe, I, I would pick him to be goalkeeper of the tournament so far. He's looked absolutely class. 
But soccer isn't like hockey where you can be an amazing goalkeeper and carry a squad because the goal is just so much bigger. It's it's hard being a keeper, especially if your defense is not nearly as class as your opposing and forwards are. So France are going to run them over. Mbappe currently has three goals to his name this tournament. Would you put him at over under six goals by the time the tournament ends? Man, I'd have to look ahead. If they're playing Poland, I he could definitely bag one or two. My hot take for the tournament was uh, Giroud Golden Boot, but Mbappe definitely looks a little bit more deadly. I would I would go with the under actually. I think he's gonna have a lot more assists than people think. Yeah. And speaking of stupid sexy Giroud, he needs only one more goal to take Thierry Henry's men's international goal record for France outright. I'm hoping he does it against Poland. I'm just hoping he does it, period. For his resume, you would think that he would be a better player, but he is a, like, you'd think he'd be world class, but he is just a good striker. He's a workhorse. Or what is it that Benzema called him? A tractor? Yeah, I think it was a tractor. Yeah. I I would love him to take that record. Oh, 100%. I think one of the funniest comments I saw about Giroud's career was, like, if you show somebody Giroud's best goals in 10, 15 years, they're going to say, was this the best player on earth? I mean, he scores in the biggest games. I mean, he's got the scorpion kick that's probably one of the best goals ever and if you say he's the top scorer for france i mean that's just unreal absolutely absolutely lastly oh geez i'm loath to admit it but is rabio good because as I, I i despise him but he's looking kind of like a solid player right now he looked really good in those first few games for france i mean he kind of made things happen in their first game i I think they played, I think it was Australia, where he single-handedly made those first two goals for them. I think I think he just fits in the system well. I think, you know, Allegri's doing pretty bad things over at Juventus, so maybe he's just shining for France, and I, he probably has got a lot more potential than we think he does. Yeah, I guess I keep on forgetting how much of an absolute disaster Juventus is right now that that could be just the subject of an entire podcast about different financial wrongdoings that we're finding out over there just mismanaging the squad this that and the other thing so we're both picking France yeah easily maybe six no that would be if it wasn't for Chesney if it wasn't for absolutely absolutely coming up next Morocco versus Spain Morocco, one of the, I think there are only four teams that have, are currently undefeated this World Cup. Um, they top their group, and Spain gets second in theirs. So I still will tap Spain to win it. It looked like they were just resting against Japan. I, I, I really think Japan did an amazing job and deserved that win. But I would expect to see the Spain we saw against Costa Rica and not the Spain we saw against Japan. Yeah, I totally agree. I think in the second half, even though they were losing, I think they had it in their minds that they were going to get through because of the Germany result. But, I mean, Morocco's got a solid team. They got uh, two great fullbacks in Mazraoui and Hakimi. 
I mean, they got Ziyech, who looks unleashed for the national team. Absolutely. Anything can happen. I'm a big believer in expected goals, and I think they had the lowest expected goals in the group stage. Really? Morocco or Spain? Morocco. So I think they're outperforming their uh, XG currently. So, I mean, it is a short tournament, so it could keep happening. But, you know, I think Spain is definitely the more solid overall probably pass him to death yeah. and score some goals so i'm i'm picking spain it's surprising that they had the lowest xg i heard that i'm, I'm gonna pick spain as well moving on i, I heard that japan had only like 17 percent procession against spain so i kind of assumed that they would have the least amount japan versus croatia croatia kind of looked beatable japan this jenkel and hyde squad you beat germany you lose to Costa Rica, then you come around and beat Spain to uh, just advance top of your group. They're a very, very good squad with mainly Bundesliga players, I think. Yeah. I really like, uh, he hasn't done anything super impressive yet, but one guy uh, I'll come back to and talk about again, because I talked about him last week, is Takefushi Kobo. He currently plays for Real Sociedad in uh, La Liga. I'm really enjoying watching him because as Real Sociedad is San Sebastian's team, I kind of pay attention to them. So I'm hoping he shows up a bit. But all these Bundesliga players, that that is a very, very good league. I would put that as like probably the third best league in the world, maybe the fourth best. Very good squad. But I would worry against um, Croatia's midfield. Modric, despite his age, maybe in spite of his age, he's a fine wine. He's just so good and quietly good, too. Oh, yeah. I I think I was telling you this earlier. I think he's still underrated with just how just how good he is as a midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Which, that's a topic for a, a whole another podcast, but... I, I don't know. I think Japan did a good job nullifying Spain's uh, godlike midfield. So, But Modric, I think, is one of the best in the world, so maybe he can make something happen. So we'll see if Japan go with the same game plan they did against Germany and Spain. But have, I'm going to take Croatia. I haven't picked an upset yet, and I think it's going to happen here. I'm going to take Japan. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay, pop quiz. Only three players have scored at the previous three World Cups so far. You want to name all three of them? At the previous three? Yeah, oh, I'm gonna okay, go... so including last... So this one, Russia, and then, was it, Brazil? Yeah, all right. So I'm going to go with... Got to have Neymar. Nope. Pretty sure Neymar has scored. Not Neymar. Oh, no, he hasn't scored in this one yet, I forgot. Yeah. Messi, I think yep. Messi scored in all of them. There you go. I'm going to go with Ronaldo. Yep. And last, I think I'm going to go with, is it Modric? Has Modric scored in all of them? Nope. I'll give you a hint. We're talking about Portugal versus Switzerland right now. Oh, Shakiri. Shakiri. yep. Wow. What a stat. <laughs> what a stat. The cube himself, uh, Portugal versus Switzerland, is our next matchup. I could see Switzerland winning this off of poor tactics and a stubbornness to play Ronaldo by Portugal. 
I completely agree. I think they looked a little bit flat against, you know, they got the win against Ghana uh, in a pretty exciting game. But I, I really think they need to put Liao in there, fit him into the squad. And if that means taking out Ronaldo, I think, I think he's been counterproductive this tournament. He, I don't think he's been good. I think he's been counterproductive for every team he's been on since he left Juventus. I can agree. I really agree with the Leal point. If he only comes in at the 70th minute, don't get me wrong, he is a terrifying person to come up against at the 70th minute. But that only does give you 20, 25 minutes or so to make some magic happen. And he's been able to do that a couple times. But I would rather see him there for 70, if not more. He he deserves a place in the squad. I will take Switzerland. There's wow. a little bit of bias because I do not like Ronaldo, and I'm hoping I, I don't. I, that's that's I do not like Ronaldo, but I, I'm going to take Switzerland. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to take Portugal here, but I think Embolo and Shakiri looked so good against Serbia today that I, they're going to be going up against. Uh, 39-year-old Pepe in defense. So, not a stellar defense from Portugal this tournament. They have a couple injuries, but they can make something happen. I just think too much quality in the Portugal midfield and forwards for them not to get a result somehow. I mean, they did it at the Euros. They can do it again. Absolutely. Next up, and lastly, we've got Brazil versus South Korea. South Korea with another big upset to make it out of the round of 16. And Brazil, what's the news on Neymar? Is he going to be back? Is he going to be all right? Or last I heard, it was some sort of ankle injury. Yeah, I think I think they were trying to get him back for the knockouts earliest. So I mean, I I'd be surprised if he doesn't play. You know, mm-hmm. for such a huge game. I've got to take Brazil from this one. It seems a no-brainer. No disrespect meant towards South Korea, but. Richarlson as just a weirdly good number nine. Vinicius Jr. looking better by the minute. I, I can't extol him. I, I We were talking about this a little bit earlier as well. Where do we think Vinny Jr. ranks worldwide for best soccer players? Yeah, I think, I I, I mean, he's definitely in my top ten. Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I wouldn't have him seven. top five. Yeah. I, Probably I think... not top six either, but. Top 10, 100%. He looks deadly down the wing. So that's Brazil. Any other um, comments you want to uh, give us before you head out, bud? You know, I my player who I think has had a sneaky good tournament so far has been Griezmann. I think he looked really good in France's first two games. So, I mean, he's a he's always been good for France. I wouldn't be surprised if he pops up and has some good games for them down the stretch. But I also really enjoy how balanced this bracket is. I feel like looking at this bracket, there is going to be a good team out of every, you know, quadrant. I like the four quadrants that they have. Yeah. I, th- I think we're going to get a really good semi and a finals, hopefully. Here is hoping for some more excellent games. Thank you so much, Jacob. Jacob's got an excellent soccer tactics YouTube channel. Do you want to plug that real quick before you go? Yeah. So I, uh, I make a footy tactics content on the side. Uh, it's on YouTube. Spreadsheet Soccer is the 
username, but I post uh, some tactics content for the World Cup and anything I find interesting from all the games I'm watching. So check that out if you're interested. And uh, thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, coming on to the pod. And that was Spreadsheet Soccer. Check it out. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely have you back on soon. Looking forward to it. All right. On to our next segment. I guess the best way to start talking about this is to mention that The Departed is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's an excellent 7 out of 7. And recently I discovered that it's got an older brother called Infernal Affairs. So uh, before Scorsese made its classic, its screenplay was initially adapted into a 2002 Hong Kong flip that tells the story of a triad infiltrating the Hong Kong police and vice versa. I think that's four years before The Departed. Anyways, it was really strange knowing what was going to happen, but still being invested in the movie. I think both movies are excellent, uh, but there are some notable differences, and I'll go through that real quick. Spoilers ahead. The love interest that is in The Departed, so Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon's love interest, it's split into two characters. Also, the love interest in the Hong Kong movie is essentially analogous to Matt Damon's character. She's a writer who unknowingly writes a book that kind of describes her lover's life to a T. And there's this great scene where she's discussing, like, I don't know whether the protagonist is good or bad. And she's just obviously talking about the Matt Damon analog character, the criminal who's pretending to be a cop. And there's this standoff between the triads and the cops where they're this in this de- detainment room in the police department and the mob boss and police chief both admit to each other that they both have moles in their respective organizations. I thought that was pretty cool. However, there, there was no Mark Wahlberg character. I think that character's name is Lieutenant Dignam in The Departed. And I, I hate Mark Wahlberg in every other form of medium, but damn, do I think he... He does an amazing job in The Parted. He's just so crass, and it's funny, and, I mean, he's playing himself, really, just an asshole from Boston, and he's he's good at that. I, I would put, oh, geez, I would put Infernal Affairs probably at a 5 out of 7, and I would put... I would put The Departed at a 7 out of 7. So still definitely a good watch. If you're willing to watch something with subtitles, it's a good flick. It's fun. It's intense. And again, you just kind of have this weird deja vu. Like, a, oh my gosh, I've totally seen this before. I know what's going to happen. But you kind of hope it happens a different way. I'm trying to think what other really good cop movies do I like. I would put Departed at number one. I would put seven at number two. I would also write, I would rate seven a seven out of seven, which is kind of funny. This is like the, the what's in the box. It's, it's perfect. Um, Silence of the Lambs, also a seven. Clarice. LA Confidential, criminally underrated. Very good Russell Crowe flick. It's also got Danny DeVito in it, I think. I would put that as six out of seven, but number four on my list. And then... Lastly, coming in at number five, I think I'd take Hot Fuzz, which has to be the best cop comedy out there. And I'll give that a six out of seven for the rating scale. 
honorable mentions, I love Super Troopers. Die Hard is really good. Naked Gun, another great comedic cop film. Um, American Gangsters, really excellent. 21 Jump Street, uh, it's okay. And then the other guys, I suppose I kind of like Mark Wahlberg in that film too, but no, no, I, never mind. I, I take that back. I, I still hate him in every other form of media. Uh, movies that I did not mention that I need to see included The French Connection, Touch of Evil, Donnie Brasco, and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. Unfortunately, Jacob wasn't able to join us for the full thing. But again, we thank him so much for coming on and talking soccer with us. It was an absolute blast having him. Again, check him out, Spreadsheet Soccer. This is Ryan Reviews the Universe. I'm your host, Ryan Mason Cup. We'll have another episode out within the next week or so. Uh, be sure to reach out to us at, at Ryan Reviews the Universe on Instagram or at our Gmail at uh, Ryan Reviews the Universe at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week.